Hello and welcome to Walk by Faith with Diana. I'm Diana Abercrombie and I'm so excited that you're here. I can't wait to see where God takes us on this journey. My goal for this podcast is to dig into God's Word, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, and teach us how to apply His Word to our lives, and then turn around and help others in their faith walk. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 4.4, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I don't think we can live it if we don't know it. I want us to dig into God's Word, pick the Scripture apart, and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how to apply it in our lives. Again, thank you so much for being here with me. Let's start walking, shall we? Welcome to another podcast episode of Walk by Faith with Diana. Today we will be in James 4, starting at verse 7, and we will be talking about submitting to God and resisting the devil. Yes, submitting and resisting. They actually go hand in hand, believe it or not. I cannot wait to see what the Lord has for us today. So before we get started, let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come in and just teach us something new today. Lord, I come to you today just so grateful for your word. Grateful to be here, Lord, before you. Grateful that you hear us. Grateful that you want to show us what's in your word. Grateful, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher. Prayerful that you would open our hearts and our minds today as we dig into James chapter 4 and realize that we are to submit to God and resist the devil and that you give us practical ways to do that in our walk with you. Grateful that you care, that you know that we are going to have struggles in this world and that you give us ways to escape the schemes of the devil and to escape the temptations that the devil throws at us. Thank you, O God. Prayerful for each person who's listening to this podcast, Lord. I don't know all of them, but you do. You know where they are. You know what's going on in their lives. You know how hard life is for them. You know what is happening on a daily basis before they do. I lift them up to you, O God, and ask you to bless them. Prayerful that today, as we dig into James 4, that you will just show them something new, that they will know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to their hearts in a special way. Thank you again for this day. Prayerful that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive what you have for us in your word today. Show us something, I pray, Holy Spirit. Thank you again, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's look at James 4, 7, and 8. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, the word submit has a very negative vibe to it in today's society. We view submission as a sign of weakness. But what does it mean to submit to God? Submit really just means to accept or yield to a superior force or authority. It doesn't mean that we're weak. It means that we recognize that God has the final word in our lives. When we submit to God, we're accepting or yielding to his authority as the superior force in our lives. He is the superior authority in our lives. He is the superior force, period. But what does submission to God really look like? 
Well, let's look at some reasons why we don't submit to God, and then we'll talk about some practical ways we can submit to God. A couple of things came to my mind when I was thinking about submission. I personally find it very difficult to submit to someone or some type of authority that I don't know or trust. Often, we don't submit to God because we don't really know Him. We only know about Him. Because we don't know Him, we don't trust Him. So submitting to Him when we don't know and trust Him is not easy. We can only know God in an intimate way where we can actually trust Him through Jesus. We must have accepted Christ as our Savior in order to begin learning who God really is. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So we have to have a relationship with Jesus to know the Father. Another reason we don't submit to God, I believe, is because of pride. We don't we want to be our own bosses. We don't want anyone telling us what to do in our lives, even if it's God, even if it's the one who gives us our breath every day, even if it's the one who allows us to have a life in the first place. But in my life, I have found that when I accepted Christ as my Savior and then began to build a relationship with Jesus, all of that kind of becomes less and less important as far as me worrying about God telling me what to do. When we grow in our walk with Him and in our relationship with Him, we know that what He's telling us is trustworthy and that He loves us and He wants us to lean into Him and trust Him and draw near to Him. We begin to know him, so then we can trust him. When we submit to God, we're allowing him to fill us with his love, with his strength, and with his mindset. And those are the things that are going to enable us to resist the devil. It's powerful, really, and it only happens when we submit to God. How cool is that? We gain strength to resist the devil by submitting to God. I love that. Let's talk about some practical ways that we can submit to God. One way is to study God's word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I can I cannot even tell you how important it is to stay in God's word, to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you through reading God's word and just enlightening you. And things from God's word that you've read a hundred times will pop out at you because of whatever's going on in your life. It's the way the Lord speaks to us so often. It's important that we consistently stay in God's word. It is powerful in our lives. Not only does staying in God's word teach us how to live a godly life, but it's how we know God. He's revealed to us in and through his word as we study it. If you think about it, and I've said this many times, the Holy Spirit wrote the book. When we accept Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. He will teach us not only about God, but he will teach us who God is. And 
what place he should hold in our lives. As we get to know God, we trust him. And that's when we are able to submit to him. It's all about a relationship. We begin building a relationship with God when we accept Christ as our Savior and begin digging into his word and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us. That's when our relationship is growing. And that's when we begin to know who we have accepted as our Savior. Now, let's talk a little bit about prayer. Because prayer is very important in a Christian's lives. It's how we communicate with God. It's, it's when we go to God and pour our hearts out to him so that we can empty ourselves of whatever it is that's bothering us and then wait for God to fill us with more of him. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says that we are to pray without ceasing. We are to always be in a mindset of prayer. James 5.16 says the fervent prayers of a righteous man can accomplish much. In Matthew 14.23 and in many other places in scripture, Jesus sent the crowds away and went up on a mountain by himself to pray. If it was important to Jesus to go and be by himself with his father and to pray, then it's very important to us as well. Matthew 6, 6 tells us to go into an inner room, close the door and pray to our father. Studying God's word pray and praying are two very important ways we can begin to submit to God because we are realizing and learning who he is. And when we know who he is and we know him and we trust him, submitting to him is something that we want to do. There's another way we can submit to God that kind of goes hand in hand with studying God's word and our prayer life. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking your own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, it's very important that we assemble together with other believers. We are to surround ourselves with godly mentors and teachers who will encourage and stimulate and hold us accountable in our walk with God. It's important to be involved in a local church. Jesus went to the temple often. Luke 19.47 and Luke 21.37 say that he taught in the temple daily. And before that, Luke 4.16 tells us that Jesus' custom was to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath. That's what, that was a, a custom for him. It was routine. It's something that he did. It was a discipline that he had. He gave us great examples of how important it is to be connected with a family of believers. And, so, and the way we connect with a family of believers is to be involved in a local church. All of this enables us to resist the devil. It all works together. When we spend time in God's word, when we spend time in prayer, when we connect with a body of believers who can encourage us and stimulate us and hold us accountable in our walk with God, we are submitting to God. And then God gives us the tools and the strength and the mindset that we need to turn around and resist the devil. I'm so grateful that he does that. Let's look at what resist means. 
Resist means to withstand the action or effect of something. So when we're resisting the devil, we are withstanding the action or effect of Satan in our lives. When we apply all the things that we just talked about, studying God's word, spending time in prayer, and connecting with a body of believers, it enables us to withstand the effects of Satan in our lives. That's powerful. It's so important that we resist him. And often what we do is try to resist the devil without spending any time in God's word, without being surrounded by a body of believers, without prayer. And we just can't do it. We cannot escape the damage and the effects of Satan in our lives without staying close to God and drawing near to God. Now, it doesn't mean that Satan will go away and stay away. If you remember, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, Satan came at him three times, and he came at Jesus after he had fasted 40 days. Jesus was tired and hungry. That's when Satan started tempting him, and Satan does the same thing to us. He offered Jesus bread when Jesus was hungry. Satan tried to get Jesus to doubt who he was by saying, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down because the angels will rescue you. Then Satan tried to offer him all the comforts of the world. And Jesus quoted scripture to Satan and told him, go away. Jesus used the word, God's word, to drive him back. Jesus said to Satan, it is written, it is written, it is written. He knew scripture. He used scripture to push Satan back. We can do the same thing. Satan will flee when we resist him under God. Another thing that these tools will help us do is draw near to God. Verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So, of course, the tools we just talked about will help us draw near to God. And another way that we can draw near to God is to turn away from ungodly influences in our lives. What are we watching on TV? What are we listening to on the radio? What podcasts or YouTube videos are we listening to and watching? It's important to be mindful of what we're feeding our minds and what we're putting in front of our eyes and what we're listening to. Are we feeding our spirit or are we feeding our flesh? Another way to draw near to God is making a conscious decision to focus and then refocus on God. Often, I know in my own life, when something happens, something hurtful, something that blindsides me, then we tend to stay in our first reaction too long. We stop focusing on God and turn our attention to whatever has happened. In our humanness, we're going to have those first reactions, fear, anger, hurt, frustration, but we don't have to stay there. The more time we spend in our Bibles, the more time we spend in prayer and the more we surround ourselves with godly people, the easier it becomes to focus and refocus on God, not our emotions. Things are going to happen. John 16:33 tells us that we're going to have trouble in this world, but in Jesus we find peace. The last part of verse 8 says, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He is certainly telling us to keep our lives clean, that's for sure, and pure as followers of Jesus. But what I want to focus on today is what, what does double-minded mean in our lives? What does that mean? There are times 
when my mind is going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and whatever I should or shouldn't do. I can certainly go back and forth in making decisions. There seems to be a constant battle of the mind on so many levels. But in this scripture, I want us to focus on how it's referring to the back and forth in our submission to God and our resistance of the devil. We often go back and forth in the areas of reading our Bibles, praying, going to church. We don't stay consistent. We'll go for a period of time where we stay in the Word, we pray regularly, we go to church, and we get involved with the body of believers, but we don't keep it up. One of the definitions of double-minded is inconsistent or unstable. We think one way today and we think another way tomorrow. Part of what helps us stay close to God so we can fight the back and forth in our minds is developing the disciplines of studying God's word, praying, and going to church on a regular and consistent basis. And I know that that we say that a lot, but it is so important that we really do draw near to God so that he will draw near to us so that we can resist the devil. It is so important that we we read scripture, that we learn of our God, that we know who he is and know who he is in our lives so that it's easy to submit to God because we trust him and we love him. In closing today, I want to challenge us to draw near to God. Let's ask God to show us areas in our lives where we need to submit and draw near to Him. Let's begin to work on our Bible study time and on our prayer time. Let's begin surrounding ourselves with godly mentors and teachers who will hold us accountable and who will stimulate and encourage us in our walk with God. It's so important, and God always honors those efforts when we do that. Know that I I will be lifting you up this week. Remember that Satan does not want us to spend time in Bible study. Satan does not want us to spend time in prayer. Satan does not want us to spend time with other believers who can encourage and stimulate us in our walk with the Lord. We will probably run into a few challenges and obstacles this week as we begin drawing near to God. But scripture says that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And there is no better place to be than near God. Remember to visit my website at www.walkbyfaithwithdiana.com. Our podcasts are on Apple and iHeartRadio and Stitcher, and you can access the devotionals and the podcasts from our Facebook page, of course. Please leave a review for the podcast. I want to know what you're thinking. And send me an email at walkbyfaithwithdiana at gmail.com and let me know how I can pray for you. Again, I love to lift people up in prayer. I love to just spend time in prayer with the Lord. So let me know how I can pray for you. Thank you so much for joining me today. We will do this again next week. And until then, be blessed and be safe.